Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. Jesus made an ironclad promise to his disciples, and thus to all of us concerning his church. This promise was made near the end of his earthly ministry in Caesarea Philippi. As I described on the last podcast, this uh, place, Caesarea Philippi, was in northern Galilee at the foot of Mount Hermon, and it was a very beautiful, lush place. There was a large rock wall at uh, 100 feet high at the base of Mount Hermon, and in there was a cave known as the Cave of Pan, P-A-N, and it was almost like a bottomless cave, and there were huge springs of water that came from there and that actually fed the the Jordan River. And so it was quite a background for Jesus to take his disciples near uh, the end of his earthly ministry. And in response to a question that he asked, who do men say that I am? Uh, the disciples answered various uh, answers that they had heard from people. He was uh, John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, others, other prophets. But Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Peter, on behalf of the other disciples, said, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And so Jesus, uh, out of that, revealed to them. He confirmed to them who he was, that he that he was the Messiah. And furthermore, uh, he told them what he was going to do. And, and uh, he said, uh, upon this rock, against the backdrop of that 100-foot wall of rock, Jesus said, upon this rock, the confession of Peter that Jesus was the Messiah, uh, upon this rock, five words, I will build my church. And then one phrase, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. So we started looking at those five words on the last podcast. The first word, I. I. Who was speaking there? It was Jesus. It was God of very God. It was God in the flesh, the fully God and fully man person. And and so that's who's talking. That's who's making this declaration. I will. We saw the word will. That was a firm, proven declaration. There was no wavering there. And by the way, we have 2,000 years of proof that Jesus has been building his church against all odds. And this is a church that hasn't just survived, but it has thrived. It has gone from 120 in the upper room to millions around the world today that name the name of Jesus. I will, not may, might, or hope to, but I will. But then the third word is a word we begin looking at today. I will build Build. That comes from the Greek word, and by the way, the New Testament was originally written in something called Koine Greek. It's an older Greek language. It's no longer spoken today, but uh, the, word, the Greek word there is oikodomio, uh, and it comes from two words, oikos, which means house, and domio, which means to build, to build a house. I will build. I will build my house. First Peter chapter 2, Peter, many, many years later, 
pen these words in 1 Peter 2, verses 4 and 5. He says, And coming to him, speaking of Jesus, as to a living stone which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God, you also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And so, here in this in this passage, Peter says, "You are being built up. You're the stones in this in this temple, in this building, and you are being built. It's not you are building yourself, but you are being built because he remembered the words of Jesus. I will." build. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing. Jesus is building his church. On the day of Pentecost, we find that uh, uh, the Holy Spirit came and Jesus told them to wait there and be empowered by the Holy Spirit, not to do anything until the Holy Spirit came and empowered them. And so on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. And this was a supernatural action. And filled with the Spirit, Peter stood up and there were people there that were curious and they were looking. There were people that were mocking, calling them drunks and so on. And Peter stood up and says, these guys, this is, this is early in the day. They're not drunk. And he went on to preach about Jesus, Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the one that came. And he says, you're the one that crucified him. And he challenged them to repent. And the scriptures say that 3,000 people that day were saved and baptized and, and that church began to grow and verse 47 of Acts chapter 2 says they were praising God and having favor with all the people and notice this and the Lord and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved think about that the Lord was adding to the number because Jesus says I will Build my church. Verse 14 of Acts 5 says, And all the more believers in the Lord, multitudes of men and women, were constantly added to their number. Who was adding those multitudes of men and women to their number? It was Jesus. It was Jesus who was building his church. Um, we, by the way, are honored by him. We are allow, allowed, given the privilege of participating with him. Uh, Paul says, um, I planted, uh, Paulus watered, but God gave the increase. It is Jesus who is God who is building his church. And we've got to remember that. We've got to remember it's not up to us. He chooses to allow us to participate. And if I don't participate, he always finds someone. He doesn't need anyone. But he chooses to allow us to participate with him in the building of his church. And there is no greater honor than to be used of God in in that process. I will build. The fourth word is my. I will build my. I want you not to skip over that little two-letter word. That, that, that word is a first-person possessive determiner. It is a pronoun. And, and Jesus is the possessor, the owner of his church. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20 says this, For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. 
and and in another place the scriptures tell us in in uh, one of Peter's epistles that we were not bought, bought with uh, corruptible things such as silver and gold but with the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ we are possessed his church it is my church Jesus said he owns it he bought it and paid for it with his blood through his death Jesus possesses his church he is the owner he is the redeemer the one who bought us back uh, purchased us through his blood and what does it mean to buy us back well uh, through his sacrifice we were able to be forgiven of our sins because he paid the penalty for that sin he paid the penalty in paying the penalty he fully satisfied God's righteous demand and so therefore he in that sense bought us he redeemed us he is the redeemer of his church he is the designer of his church it is him who uh, determines who falls where in the church what what member of the body of the church we are what spiritual gift we have he is the designer of the church he is as as we've already said the builder of the church he is the foundation of the church the scriptures tell us in in uh, in First Peter, that he is the cornerstone of the church. The cornerstone was that stone on the corner that determined that kept the kept the line going straight. It's very important to have have the the foundation square so the building will go up square. He's the cornerstone that keeps us straight. Um, and and the church is his body. It is his body of which he is the head. Colossians chapter one verse eighteen says that he is the head of the church, his body. And so and so he is the possessor. I will build my church. And the third, the fifth word is church. And that word there is the Greek word ekklesia, comes from two words, ek, which means out of, kaleo, which means to call, to call out of, a called out assembly. The word according to Vines, Vines uh, Dictionary, was used of a group of citizens gathered, called out, gathered to discuss affairs of state among the Greeks. And so it was a called out group, a called out assembly, but Jesus took that word uh, and made it his own. We, the church, are his called out people. The church is the entire group, I want you to hear this, the church is the entire group of born again followers of Christ. The total group of born-again followers of Christ has nothing to do with anything that you've done. It has everything to do with us being called out by God and us being uh, brought to life by God and given the gift of faith by God so that we can be saved, uh, born again, become followers of Christ, converts, we have repented. That's who is in the church. That's how we get into the church. The Holy Spirit places us into this body of believers. And and it's so it's the entire group of born-again followers of Christ that transcends time. It transcends all ethnicities, all cultures, all languages, people of all ages. Uh, and if you look at Revelation chapter 5, verses 9 and 10, that's a scene in heaven, and, and they were around the throne of God in the future and it said people from from every nation and tongue and tribe are there 
Aren't you glad to know that? That is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is a church that's represented, though, in local assemblies, in local churches. We see that because the epistles of Paul were written to local churches, the church at Philippi, the church at Coloss, the church church at, at Corinth, and so on and so forth. Uh, those, those were written to specific local assemblies. We see seven local churches in the book of Revelation in chapters 2 and 3, and we're going to study that uh, later on in this study, in future podcasts, we're going to look at those uh, the messages to those seven local assemblies. So the body of Christ is represented in local assemblies. I hope that you're part of a local church. If you're not, you need to find a good Bible-preaching, Bible-teaching local church and get involved. So there the five words are, I will build my church. Now there's one final phrase, and it's this, and the gates of hell, the gates of Hades, will not prevail against it. That that term, that phrase, gates of Hades, is actually was actually a Jewish phrase which meant death. How do we get to Hades, the 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 afterlife? Through the gate of death. We all have to pass through the gate of death. And so uh, he's saying not even death will stop him from building his church. And he, and he was referring first to his own death. He was there preparing his disciples in Caesarea Philippi. He called them aside to this beautiful place. And they knew that he was the Messiah. And he says, look, not even my death. And they would remember this later. Not even my death. As a matter of fact, my death is going to perpetuate the building of this church. And not even the death of future martyrs. You see, the blood of the martyrs is seat of the church and they can kill our body but they cannot destroy our souls and if they kill our body they just move us on to heaven to be with Jesus and so Jesus said the gates of Hades that death won't stop the building of his church and again we have 2,000 years of history Jesus is uh, was is and will be building his church aren't you glad to know that aren't you glad to be a part of that church if you're listening to this podcast and you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ you've never turned from your sin and turned to him and trusted him to forgive you and to become your Lord and your Savior uh, I encourage you to Today, from your heart to pray and to genuinely turn from sin and to turn to Him and believe in Him, and He will make you a part of His forever family, part of His church that He is building. Well, until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.